Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Jones from Jones Sport Fishing. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, if you're listening on our podcast, you're uh, listening to Fishing with Kyle, and we just want to. We're on live right now on on uh, Facebook. We're also filming this for YouTube. So pretty stoked to be here. Our whole point tonight is talking about sockeye, Upper Columbia sockeye, um, summer chinook, that kind of stuff. Summer Chinook, we don't have an official opening yet, but holy crap, they just upped the uh, forecast from 38,000 over Bonneville to 65,000. So I am almost positive in the next couple of days we're going to be either fishing or we're going to hear about when we are. So pretty excited about that. Um, like I said, Sockeye opens tomorrow above Priest Rapids and uh, really excited the, all our troll fisheries, we've got troll fishery below Wanapum. You know, you've got them there around Wenatchee, Wells Dam. Brewster's going to open up after the 16th of July. So some pretty exciting stuff coming up, uh, stuff we really like to. We're going to start fishing, sounds like around the 8th. And uh, with all this really high water, I think it's probably going to be a really good deal. You guys that are going to fish tomorrow, be really careful around those dams. They're going to be dumping tons of water. Currents are going to be pretty crazy. So be super careful out there. But, uh, yeah, we're excited. Uh, What's our podcast name? Fishing with Kyle. And that's available on Apple, Spotify, and like 10 other podcast things that I've never heard of. So, but it's, uh, it's available on a bunch. It's on Anchor. That's how we, we do it. Simple podcast here off of an app on our phone. So it's, uh pretty pretty cool but i mean man we're excited you know we're uh the sockeye thing is a big deal to us and it's a bunch of fun and we're just excited that we've got some troll fisheries open and that we're actually going to probably have some salmon fishing open for more than like two to three days at a time so but pretty cool Do, did we have any questions yet danny nope cool really. you guys we want to leave this we want to have this be pretty open open-ended so any sort of questions i mean anything ranging from how we rig up rods reels bait tackle all that kind of stuff i mean we're kind of open um to just about anything you know we're gonna when we start we're gonna actually start um up river we're gonna end up being we're not gonna start at wanapum we used to fish at wanapum but we've just over the last few years we've just kind of moved up river so we're gonna fish start fishing up river but uh, and like I said, we're not going to start till about the eighth or stuff. We're going to take some family time here, and then we're going to go hot and heavy after the eighth. So, but uh, so we've got we've actually got a couple openings. We're open the eighth and ninth if anybody's interested. So, um, but yeah, we're uh, we're excited. I got a I got a little late on the shrimp game. My shrimp's not getting here until tomorrow. So if you guys are interested, I can do a video on on the simple way that I cure my shrimp too. So, um, but yeah. So if anybody's got any questions for us. Shane Persons did ask, um, Idaho Falls here. Oh, how right much on. for a ride on the snake for some big ones? That's what he said. For he's talking about sturgeon, must be. That's my guess. Big ones, yeah. We're uh for this for sturgeon in American Falls, we are two fifty per person. That's a full day trip. We've got Corey here. What is the Fall Chinook fishing report for the Columbia River? Fall Chinook, man. I'm glad. I actually just looked at the regulations today and uh, tried to kind of get a handle on what we got going on. Astoria is going to open on the 14th of August. 
and uh, we'll have it'll be open from the 14th to the 27th and we'll be there but uh, it's going to be one salmon down there and then as we move up river we jump up to Hanford Reach after that and on Hanford it's going to be limited two and so we'll be up there oh middle of middle of September and then I was emailing back and forth with Joe DuPont with Idaho Fishing Game today because we've got an exciting thing where we've started to move a lot of our fall Chinook back home to the confluence of the snake in the clear water and actually in the clear water. And if anybody wants probably one of the coolest fall Chinook trips ever, um, side drifting eggs on light rods for big fall Chinook in the clear water is an awesome deal. But our limit there is probably going to be six fish, again, six adults with one hatchery fish, which... I know it sounds, or with one wild fish, which is the big kicker because in years past, we weren't able to keep any wild fish and we've had 15, 16, 17 fish days where we didn't kill anything, but that's, that's kind of gone now. So we've got, uh, being able to kill at least that one wild fish makes a huge difference there. But yeah, that's a quick rundown on our fall Chinook, which yeah, yeah. What, that's, what's exciting to us is starting tomorrow, we are basically fishing salmon nonstop until the salmon are in such horrible shape that at the end of October that we don't want to fish for them anymore. So, I mean, we'll be fishing for them all the way through just salmon fishing hardcore for the next, I don't know, two, three months. So it's kind of a, kind of July 1's sort of a big deal to us just because it signals just a switch from, you know, walleye and that kind of thing to just, you know, back to what we really, really like to do, which is salmon. So... But. All right, Don says, what is the best bait to use when you're casting from the bank? Oh, man. From casting from the bank. So the best way that guys fish from the bank for walleye is, is or not walleye, but sockeye, is uh, the plunking. There's some really good information out there. The guys on the lower river um, kind of had the plunking thing dialed in while they were fishing down there this year. And so just a small spinning low and a, and a coon shrimp in on some sort of, sort of a point, point break or anything like that where, where you've got a funnel, funnel and fish around a spot. I mean, that's a definite great way to fish. It's a little limited where we, at, where we fish because those fish typically bomb right up to the bases of those dams. They don't really seem to hold anywhere, and we've got a lot of slack water in between. So that's why what we mainly focus on is the troll stuff. But, uh, yeah, coon shrimp, coon shrimp and a spinning glow. Uh, J-Rod. Talk a little louder, Danny. J-Rod. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but, um, what are the fish limits and your rates? The limits? So limits for sockeye are two per person, and then our rates are 225 per person for a full day trip, and then uh, 150 per person for an afternoon half day. Nice. Uh, Lyle, subscribe to our podcast. Nice. Thanks, Lyle. <laughs> and then he has, uh, how crazy does the Brewster pool get? Is it Drano Lake style? I think it's worse than Drano Lake style because you've got a whole bunch of people that show up that can't run their boats. <laughs> I've had more problems at Brewster than I've ever had at Drano. But, other, I mean, it's a big spot and a lot of people get in there and it's amazing. It, you know, it gets pretty wild, especially on a weekend. You've got so much, you've got, 
At Brewster, you've got people trolling like eight different directions. There's no like at Drano, you've got a a, a a rhythm to things. At Brewster, you've got guys coming in and out of the mouth of the Okanagan, guys trolling east and west, upstream, downstream, and then of course the guy wants to be way over here when he's over here, and somehow you get blamed for cutting him off when you're just trying to not run into anybody. But yeah, I've gotten more hate mail from the way I run my boat at Brewster than anywhere else. And all I'm trying to do is not run into anybody. But, yeah. <laughs> so Brewster Pool gets nuts. Do not show up at Brewster Pool expecting it to be relaxing. It happens to be one of my favorite places to fish, and it's awesome. But be ready for it to be crazy. The launch line will be long. You might not find parking. One time a couple years ago when the limit was six, my brother and I got there at 2.30 in the morning to dump our boats in, and Brett had to, Brett drove around Brewster looking for a parking spot, finally parked on the other side, if you guys know Brewster, he parked on the other side toward the highway from the Wells Fargo, jogged back, and by the time he got back, it was quarter after four, and we were getting ready to go, and the customers were showing up, and we were out of there. But we did land 36 sockeye by 6.30 in the morning that morning, so that it was pretty cool, but... So things get rocking and rolling up there. Um, expect it to be busy. But the thing, the thing about the thing about Brewster, you got to remember, there are not going to be any fish in that Brewster pool unless the Okanagan is more than seventy degrees. If the Okanagan is under seventy degrees, there won't be fish in the Brewster pool. So you know you'll, there'll be a lot of guys that or some that show up early and start trying to fish Brewster and. You know, maybe on the 16th, we need some hot weather. If we don't get it, we might not have a thermal barrier. We'll see what happens. But if there's no thermal barrier, those fish won't be there. So there's other spots to fish. And yeah, pay attention to that. USGS has, you can get a temperature graph on the Okanagan for right near the mouth. And that's usually a very good gauge. If it's under 69 degrees, those fish do not slow down and they head straight for Canada. So... That's just one thing to think about. Try to time your stuff right. Trevor Larson is watching. What's up, Trev? Uh, let's see. Joe Hopkins is on there, and he says your team is awesome, Kyle Jones. I appreciate it, Joe. And we try. We've got Tif Timothy Ward. He says, I want to talk about Sturgeon opening below the dam below the dam what do you what below what dam we need some more information Timothy. yeah if it's below bonneville i don't know a whole lot about below bonneville surgeon i have fish down there but that's about it trevor says hey buddy um let's see who else we got here Corey mentioned he says they mostly use steelhead fishing gear to catch sockeye so yeah yeah steelhead gear I mean, that's what, that's what our, our trolling rods are steelhead gear. We run, you know, just normal eight to 12, eight to 17 steelhead back trolling rods, same rods I use for pulling walleye, walleye harnesses, walleye cranks, I back troll steelhead plugs with them. They're kind of my everyday go-to, uh, go-to rods. It's not, it's not a whole lot fancy. You do not need downriggers. Um, a lot of guys like to troll around with downriggers, the same setup we use with the cannonball, um, and, and fishing pro troll flashers, except just sizing down with, with, uh, a Dodger, um, almost like glorified. It's, it's basically kokanee gear, 
but you do not need downriggers. A lot of times these fish are only eight, 10 feet under, under the surface, especially in Brewster pool and some of the other places, a little bit of lead four to six ounce cannonballs will get you in the game in a hurry. Okay. Matt Featherly, any word on the Chinook opener? No, not yet, Matt, but that's, um, it's gotta be coming soon. But I mean, they opened, you know, starting July 4th, they opened five days below Bonneville. So, and with that, I mean, we just, they almost doubled our, uh, our Chinook forecast. So I don't see any, any reason why we don't see an opener fairly soon. Really. I mean, if they don't do it, they're just dragging their feet. So hopefully, hopefully soon it'd, it'd be nice if, if we could actually get a definitive day, you know, if, I mean, I could care less if it's the 15th or the, or the 8th, but you know, hopefully we can at least get a day where we know we're fishing Chinook on what day and but yeah, pay attention because we'll announce it whenever we do. Because it's that's what we re we really love fishing summer chinook on the upper river. That's probably sockeye are by far the best tasting and most popular. But uh, summer chinook is my absolute favorite. All right, Jason Danielson, is there a chance they will up the fish limit in the pool? Well, actually, Danny and I were just talking about that today. The sockeye numbers are looking really good, so let's let's hope we've. We've had lower limit or higher limits on less fish, so I'm really hoping that we end up with three or maybe even four fish this year. It's looking good. Just keep your fingers crossed that those fish keep ripping over the dam. I mean, 17,000 17, day before yesterday. We'll know what went over yesterday tomorrow. So, I mean, those are, those are awesome numbers, so hopefully we do get some more fish. Right. Uh, Timothy got back to us and he was talking about Bonneville. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about down there that, that sturgeon fishery is a little out of my wheelhouse. There are some really good guys that fish that area though. And they could probably get you a lot of information. Eric Swanson. He, uh, I've actually fished with him before. He's solid. He, he's one of the better sturgeon guys down there. So Josh nations, what's the go-to scent on your coon shrimp for sockeye? Whatever they're biting that day. <laughs> um that's a great question i run a number of different things um a lot of times i've got a bunch of different scents i really like the super dipping sauce scents that are made by moneymaker um that stuff i've been fishing that stuff for years uh it's a fantastic product and any of the any of them really depends on the day the krill anise is always in there um the new shrimp i haven't got to use that one yet but that was a killer on steelhead this last year um the salmon scent and then later in the year when the water gets warm the garlic can can really fire off but the best thing to do with with scents and and mixing them with your coon shrimp is don't don't put all your eggs in one basket i do not cure my coon shrimp with a bunch of added scents in them they've got a ton of krill powder in them that is one of the additives that i add into my cure but there's not a whole lot of um after scents and stuff in in the cure i want I want my shrimp to be basic. I want them to be pink and I want them to be cured well and durable and have all the right salts and stuff in them. But I don't want a bunch of scent because I've seen times where you can scent stuff up and you can actually ruin everything in your cooler because you dump too much of, say, garlic. So you dump a bunch of garlic in your cooler. Next thing you know, everything in there smells like garlic and they don't bite garlic that day. Yeah, don't be that guy. <laughs> Seriously. Mix small batches, soak a couple up. To be completely honest, though, most of the time, unless the bite's tough, scent isn't going to play a massive role in uh, 
in these sockeye, especially early in the year. Now, when we talk about late July, if they're still there in August, the longer they've been sitting there, scent really starts to uh, scent really starts to play a big a big game and a big role. But uh, until then, just make sure you have good shrimp. Put them on where the fish are, and yeah, troll around. Keep your speed where you want it, and yeah, be paying attention. A lot of times I said they're not they're not that deep. I mean we're fishing. There's times where I've only got twelve feet out on my line counter and I've got a four ounce lead on. So I mean that the thing's probably barely even fishing six feet. So yeah. All right, uh, Dave Williams. He says hi, Kyle. Great show. Hope to see Thanks, you Dave. soon. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Hopefully they open summer Chinook so you and Chuck can get the heck out here. I know you guys don't really care about sockeye, but I know you guys will be wanting to put the whack on some summer kings so i'll call you <laughs> matt featherly has another question he says is your bumper le- or what is your bumper leader length between Perfect. your dropper and dodger so about like that i don't measure the bumper so i actually have a flasher or a dodger sitting right here and so what he's talking about is you have your lead ball here, bumper, your dodger, and then another, you know, little bit of leader behind. I run four feet, something like that, between my lead and my dodger. It gives it plenty of room to, to swing around and move and get its job done. And you don't need any longer than that, but any shorter than that, and I think you're just kind of inhibiting it. But it's not rocket science. The biggest thing is is you don't want very much behind your dodger you want you know less than probably 20 24 inches would be a really long leader so anywhere between 14 and 20 24 somewhere in there find the magic zone mess around with your leader length and uh yeah okay uh slavic would like to know do you start sake on the eighth because the numbers are going to get better or why do you, why are we starting on the 8th this year? We're starting on the 8th this year because we don't have summer Chinook right off the bat. Normally, on a year where we had summer Chinook open tomorrow, we'd be in, we'd have a full boat of guys and we'd be rocking and rolling on Summer Kings. And we would do that for 2 days and then my daughter's birthday is on the 3rd. So, and then we have the 4th. So, family-wise, we just kind of take a little bit of time off and make sure we get uh family stuff done and then the eighth and really the sockeye thing this year with the way the water is going to be below those dams it's gonna be raging and i'm not in a hurry to get out there and battle some of those spots like at wanapum or wells wells can be just flat out dangerous when they're spilling water so if you guys are going to fish wells tomorrow i'm seriously be really careful if they're spilling water out of that thing yeah it's nuts I mean, I've been out there in a twenty, my twenty-six foot sled salmon fishing when they started spilling, and it made buoy ten look like like a cakewalk. Whoa! Yeah, it gets it gets it gets pretty wild. So pay attention. You know, we're gonna get a lot of sockeye fishing in. So, and the later we get, it'll it'll continue to build and and it'll get good. We've got Rochelle Anderson watching. Woo! Sarah Stout got some deer. Yeah, here. representing. <laughs> we got Jacob Bunden. Yeah, what's up, watching, Jacob? Watching. Uh, Tyler, do you run anything else besides shrimp? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. If 
for sockeye uh, there's at least in the columbia having a bait on there makes a huge difference and shrimp is is the bait um i mean i've caught sockeye i mean when when chinook are open i've caught sockeye on a pro troll and and a super bait we actually if 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 sockeye were open or if Chinook were open and we were fishing tomorrow, we wouldn't put sockeye gear out. We would just keep fishing for Chinook. And a lot of times we end up with our sockeye right alongside of our Chinook with Chinook gear. So they, um, the idea, especially when the water's cool, once the water gets up over much over 62 or so, um, they get a little more finicky and they don't seem to want to chase down a, a big, big bait. But I'm telling you, we've caught so many sockeye early in the year on Chinook gear that, uh, it, it's pretty cool, especially with only a two socket limit, but we don't have that this year. So, you know, when we do, unless we're able to fish it up, we'll be going at it with socket gear and there'll be a Dodger and a, and a little smile blade and a shrimp on there. All right. We've got uh, Greg Martinez. Awesome video. Thank Thanks you. Greg. And then we've got Pam Louders watching now. That's, that's Buell native right there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we don't have any questions. I think we got through most of our questions. Yeah, perfect. Well, anyway, if anybody has, I'm gonna, I'll do a video tomorrow on what I do with my shrimp. It's uh, pretty simple. So I've actually got an article on our website on how to cure uh, coon shrimp, and I'm not super complicated with it. I'm basically using some egg cure. But uh, go ahead, Danny. Uh, Jason Danielson. Coon shrimp. Oh, I just bumped up. Hold on a second. Coon shrimp, or can you use cured prawns? I like coon shrimp because they're smaller, but cured prawns would probably work too. There's there's times where where there's enough fish and and actions going that we. I mean, I'll break a big coon shrimp into three pieces. You know, just tipping my hooks with it almost. You know, when there's a bunch of fish in a hot bite. I mean, yeah, you don't necessarily need a perfect, pretty looking coon shrimp like maybe you would feel like you would want back trolling steelhead there's times where you know if a if i get a big one a lot of times i'll break it in half i'll fish the tail piece and i'll fish the head piece and so you know if, you, if you've got prawns and they're pink and you can break a little chunk of that tail meat off and put that on there you should be in in tall cotton but i mean good shrimp makes once the water temperatures start to come up and once those fish start laying in the brewster pool the the quality of your bait and how long how much they've been fished on it starts to matter earlier in the year it's not as critical got another question very similar whole coon shrimp or just the tail when baited for sockeye um yeah that's so if baited whole head down or up always the head down because if you rug it with the head pointed up it just rips the head off and you might as well just put the tail on um Really, for me, deciding on whether I'm going to fish a whole coon shrimp or, you know, just a chunk of tail is if it's a big shrimp or a little shrimp. I mean, I don't pre-sort mine. I just, I get a 35-pound box of shrimp, and I don't have that much time, and I'm just going to start curing shrimp. I'm not, some guys will go through and actually sort out their boxes, you know, and make sure they've got, you know, different sizes and all that. I don't really worry about that. I just kind of go for it, and... If I pull a big one out and I only use the tail, I only use the tail. If I a small one, I'll use the whole thing. So. All right. Awesome info. Great show. What brand of shrimp do you prefer? Um, I do my own, but if I were to buy them, 
I would buy a Columbia Basin bait. There, that's a that's a shrimp. That's a brand I've been using it for years and years and years. And if I'm gonna buy shrimp, I'm just gonna go get a quart of the pink and or red or whatever color it comes out at of Columbia Basin bait, and call it good. It's probably the, in my opinion, it's the absolute best over the counter commercial shrimp curry or commercial product that you can get. All right, we got right on. Thanks for all the info. Uh, Cal Stocking, thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Lyle, hey, you said there was one more question you had. Here's question number three. <laughs> all right, Lyle, we're going to start adding up your questions. <laughs> What's your favorite go to flasher dodger? Sling blade color. All right, so um, I don't have one sitting here. I don't I'm know where totally they are. I'm kidding, Lyle, by the way. They're probably in my boat, but anything chrome or chrome with some pink, you know, we, I mean, we've, I've used the big sling blades. Um, these ones are the five and a half by Rocky Mountain Tackle. Um, Sam Barrett absolutely crushed them on these a couple years ago. So, of course, I had to jump on the bandwagon and buy some and see how they do. They'll probably do just fine. But anything chrome, chrome and purple, chrome and pink, you know, chrome. <laughs> Big, the the big the max double D Dodgers the bigger the bigger eight inch ones killer um, yeah so awesome yeah as long as they're chrome that's what I'd start with add color later we got Lulu Stelk on here watching hi Lulu we got Shane Phillips Shane <laughs> and then Dave Heaton Columbia Heden. Basin Bait Heaton yeah. Dave's the man. Dave knows his bait. And that's, that's all I have. Oh, wait. He says... Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Dave says Columbia Basin Bait is available in Wenatchee, too. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Billy Pritchett. Is that right? Downriggers or droppers for sockeye? Droppers, always. I have not found a time and a place where I need to go spend $500 a piece on downriggers. Um, yeah, yeah, no downriggers on my boat, and I can't imagine a situation where I would ever want them. I could fish the river from Astoria all the way to below pre or below Chief Joseph Dam with, with droppers for Chinook and uh, for Chinook and Sockeye. With that said, I don't fish. I don't fish Lake Wenatchee. Lake Wenatchee opens. I've never been there. Uh, well, from what I understand, sometimes those fish hold deeper, much deeper, and um, you know, place like that downriggers probably would pay off. But we're we're never running for sockeye more than maybe twenty twenty five feet. So, you know, if they're in thirty five feet of water, I can hit that pretty easily with a six ounce cannonball. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for the question, though. That's that's one that we deal with a lot is cannonballs or downriggers. Uh, we got Jansen Cummings watching. Jancy Pants. <laughs> that's my man. Uh, uh, let's see. Mike might be coming in a little here, but he asked, do you add scent? If you want to touch on that again. Yeah. Like like I said earlier, we I do add scent, but I add it afterwards. Um if you want to look back, I talked about uh, the super dipping sauce has been fantastic for me over the years, and uh, I'll continue to use that. But uh, we also use smelly jelly, other stuff too. But 
that super dipping sauce has been pretty key for us at times. But like we said earlier, mix small batches. Don't blow your whole bait, you know, on, on one cent because it worked last year. Right. Small batches. So we got Slavic. Do you use squids? Oh, hoochies? Yeah, sometimes. What color? Pink. Pink or orange. I mostly, I'll actually show it to you. I just tied up a whole bunch of, I just tied up a whole bunch of sockeye leaders today. So you'll see here. Don't worry about zooming in or anything. Um, Push it down, but yeah, just hold it up. Yeah, you guys will see. I mean, my, my rig's simple. Smile blade, couple of beads, and a couple of little treble hooks. Number sixes or number fours. That's that's my setup. I don't get any more complicated than that. I don't add other flash. A lot of guys like to tie up more, you know, type fly type stuff. But um, that has that rig right there, and a you know number of different colors: pink, gold, silver. You know, even a chartreuse smile blade. It just mess with that, and that's that's my setup. But um, we can take a picture of that too and, and post it if if anybody'd want to see that rigging. But yeah, simple. Try to keep it simple. Don't make your stuff too complicated. The more simple you can keep it, the more you can focus on the other things like depth, speed, all that stuff. Okay. Uh, Tyler Jolly says, thanks for sharing, Mr. Jones. Tony Fisher, thanks for sharing, Kyle. Get him. Thanks, Tony. Uh, Chase and Crow. Two pretty good fishermen right there. Nice. Jason Chrome says, Kyle, that given trip is money. <laughs> and then Mike Mudd says, thank you. Got in late. Absolutely. So if anybody just wants to send me some shrimp to fish, I mean, I'd be down with fishing some shrimp. So prove me wrong, I guess. <laughs> but send them to me because I'm going to do mine. All right. That's it for right now. Cool. Well, Hey guys, if there's no more questions or anything, I really appreciate you guys chiming in. We're excited, super excited to uh, get back to fishing and well, get back to salmon fishing, doing what we really love to do. We we have fun with walleye, but by the time this rolls around, we're we're ready to catch stuff that actually pulls hard. But uh, Danny said we got another question. Uh, how fast do you troll? That's really good. Usually somewhere between like one, two to two miles an hour. It really just depends on my rod tips. Um, if you're trolling upstream in the current, you're going to be just looking for that, for that thump. I mean, it's hard to explain it, but it's like thump, 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 thump with the dodger. If it's going, you, you're, you're going too fast. If it's not moving, you're going too slow. But that's another reason why I don't run downriggers because a downrigger, a guy's got to watch his speed the entire time. And if you're going, there's current at in these spots. So you can't necessarily tell exactly what's going on on the end of your rods. With cannonballs, I know exactly how fast I need to go because of, because of what my rod tips are doing and what my dodgers are doing. So for me, I see that as a major advantage. So just, you know, kind of that steady thump, thump, thump. Don't do that. I mean, you can get it going a little faster, but pay attention. Mess with speed. If you're going upstream and you're hooking fish going upstream, 
great. Then maybe you need to go slower. But if you turn around and all the, you're hooking every fish that you do on going downstream, especially in the Brewster pool, you, you need to pick your speed up a little bit when you're coming up because it's a speed issue. They're wanting it faster. The other thing I want to talk about, fishing Brewster pool, I just thought of this. There are times when the sun angle there makes a huge difference. So mid-morning, once that sun's come up and it's shining super bright at one angle, a lot of times those fish don't like to turn and chase things into the sun that much. And I've found, I'll find that, that uh, during that period of time, going downstream with the sun at my back, I'll hook a lot more fish. Same thing in the afternoon. Late in the afternoon when the sun's low on the other side, we'll hook most of the fish coming upstream. So if you guys aren't getting bit or you know, you got that kind of thing going or you're noticing it going one way, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with pulling out and running the whole way back up around and go in one direction. You know, I mean, guys will be trolling. Don't go running right through everybody. That's BS, but <laughs> go around, but you know, pay attention to the sun angle and, and where you're catching fish and, and how that's going and where they're laying out and trust your sonar. And if you got a windshield, Please look around it and not at the back of your rods. And we're not trying, nobody's trying to run into you or cut you off. We're all just trying to dodge boats the same as you guys are. So I know I'll get somebody that doesn't like the way I drive. I get emails every single year at Brewster telling me that I'm cutting people off, which is hilarious because I'm just trying not to die. But. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Barry Howard. Barry Howard Barry. You rock. See you up there. Thanks, man. Yes. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Glenn Yaman. I might have some more tuna for you. Yes. I'll always take donations of tuna, Glenn. Always. <laughs> and then John Parker says, what pound liter and type? I run 25 pound fluorocarbon. And uh, that the Seaguar SST or the P-Line, both of those are decent lines. They're not super expensive and they... They uh, hold up really, really well, but uh, I don't. I don't know that it matters. I've run it on. I've tied them up with forty pound Berkeley Big Game because that's all I've had and smashed fish and if, and then I've also fought with lighter leader when it breaks. What you do want to run something heavy enough because with your Dodgers, I've had fish loop up around that are going nuts and cut themselves on a Dodger and and break off. Plus, if you run a heavier leader, you can catch a bunch of fish and just get them in, flop it back out, and not have to worry about your leader being all banged up. But Yeah, don't go light. You don't need to go light. Plus, there's big summer kings, and you want to be able to actually land those and get your gear back. Losing losing your hot dodger and your hot setup to a 25-pound summer Chinook because you were trying to fish kokanee gear just seems sort of silly. But anyway, guys, thank you guys so much. Um we're at like the 35 minute mark and it doesn't even feel like like we were there so if you guys have any other questions write them down in the comments send them to us email us at uh, kyle at jonesportfishing.com watch for this video on youtube make sure that you follow our page follow our facebook page like and share our stuff please it helps us so much and then subscribe to our youtube channel and then you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. And I don't know, there's like 10 other things that it's on, but I've never even heard of them. Podcast guys will probably know what they're talking about. But it's uh, our podcast, again, is Fishing with Kyle. And we just thank you guys so much for being part of it and letting us kind of bring you guys on a ride with us and 
this is sort of fun, a little bit outside our comfort zone. So anyway, we appreciate it. Thank you guys. We'll catch you next time. Hopefully what we've uh, done is help, going to help you guys catch some more fish. Catch you later. Bye.